Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Greg Barnes and Jason Staples and Carolina Notre Dame Saturday at 3.30 in Keenan Stadium. Greg, I'll just start with you out of the gate. Notre Dame's tough. There's some question that their quarterback, Wimbush, will play. Uh, we talked a little bit off the air. I think he probably will. But your take overall on this game and Carolina going into it, you know, I can't keep saying it's a must win because I think those days are over. Um, but it's a game North Carolina could sort of you know, maybe get back on the map a little bit if they can beat Notre Dame on national television. Your take. Yeah, I, I think we're past the, the must-win games just because, I mean, even before all these injuries popped up, for North Carolina to get to a bowl game, they needed some collection of wins against Cal, Duke, and Georgia Tech. Maybe not all of them, but at least, say, two of them. And when you go 0 for 3 in that stretch, that pretty much dooms you. Uh, and then you add the injuries in, and this is not a must-win. But to your point, I, I think you're right. There's going to be a good crowd. You know, North Carolina has a, a big fundraiser uh, kicking off this weekend. A lot of big donors in town. Notre Dame always travels well. So it'll be a, a pretty full crowd. It'll be a good atmosphere. They've got a lot of different things planned. Uh, and so I think there's going to be energy there. And the team will have an opportunity to kind of feed off of that. And in talking with the players this week, a lot of them really reference the fact that, hey, you know, we're one and four. But in the first four games, we led going into the fourth quarter. If we can do that again, maybe we can finally finish this time. And so I think there's some optimism there. Uh, I think it's interesting that Larry Fedora and Chris Kapilvic both said that the practice on Tuesday was likely the best practice they've had all year long. So the guys are still engaged, which is important. The problem is, is that I think Notre Dame uh, probably is the best team that they've played thus far. Uh, and if Wimbush actually plays, which I suspect that he will, that's just going to be a tough task for North Carolina to deal with. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's not a must win. But it's a game they have hopes for. Uh, and if they have any, any dreams of, of finishing strong, uh, and getting to maybe four wins or even five wins, this is one you've got to have. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a, a tough task. Jason, how tough is it, do you think, for the coaching staff? Now, having Notre Dame in town, I think, uh, helps. But how tough is it to get them back up? We've talked about with Ingersoll and others about you're a competitor, you want to win. But once you've missed out on all your season goals to start, uh, how tough is it for that coaching staff to get these guys on point week after week, um, and especially Saturday going again uh, uh, in against the Fighting Irish? Well, I mean, it's it's another game, and you know the 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 thing. It's hard as a coach because momentum makes it a lot easier. If you have positive momentum, it makes it a lot easier for for players to to embrace your message and to continue to do to do things that are building on your success. If you don't have that success, it is harder. But at the same point, now what you do is you you know you you try to refocus a team on realistic goals. You try to continue to focus on 
process and making sure that we fix the things that we that that we didn't do right. And you know, as far as, far as I'm concerned, I, I I try to make this. It's not about them. It's about us. Are we getting better? Are we living up to our standard of play? And really try to do that. And then toward the end of the week, really try to push this. We can go in and shock somebody and and reclaim our season a little bit. So you try to play some of those games uh, a little bit with with players, but it is harder when when you've got a team that's not that's not had success and that is really banged up and and doesn't feel like they're uh, getting the, the the payoff for the work that they put in the off season. That you know that, uh, that that's harder. Greg, same question. I mean, Larry Fedora's in year six. And it's easier, I would think, as a coach to get that buy-in without the results early on. Now, granted, it's a different set of players, but like when they were one and four, I think they were what one and four going into Miami game, zero dark Thursday, if my memory serves. They lost that game that they should have won, and then they turned it around. I mean, how does how does Fedora sell that to his players? And what and and how are his players taken? And I would think this is a time you really need some senior and upper class leadership. Certainly tough with the injuries they've had. But your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think leadership is a big key of it. Just because you really got to focus. Um, I think that's the key component. What Larry Fedora did back in 2013, when they did start one and five, is that's when he came up with this idea of okay, all we're focused on is going one and zero. It's not some revolutionary concept, but for that team, they embraced it. And I kind of equate it to, you know, I think most of us uh, play golf to some extent. And we've all had these grand ideas. You know, you're, you wake up in the morning, you feel good, you get up the driving range, you're, you're smoking some drives. You're saying, man, I'm going to shoot one of the best scores that I've shot. And you get out there and you go triple bogey, triple bogey, double. And all those dreams that you had are just shot. And what most of us do is you go a couple holes and you're just ticked off at the world and you don't care and you don't want to be out there. But then you settle down and then most of us say, okay, I'm just worried about this one hole. I'm going to hit a couple good shots. Let's see if I can get a par. Let's see if I can get a bogey. And then you start doing that. And by the end of the round, you know, maybe you've had a, a good back nine after a disastrous front nine. And it's the same type of mentality. It's not just you know, these two sports, any sport that you play. There's going to be bad stretches. And it's how you respond more than anything. But with the idea of going 1-0, what you saw in 2013 is they won the first game, I think it was against Boston College, pretty impressively. And they said, okay, well, that's, that's pretty good. And then you win the next game, and then you keep winning. And all of a sudden you're saying, wow, we can actually make a run out of this as long as we stay focused on the task at hand, the snap that we're, that we're playing, this practice, this day and kind of build up that way. And that was really successful for him in 2013. Now, two things played a big role in that run in 2013. That was a a front-loaded schedule. So the the opponents got a lot easier down the stretch, which is not going to happen this year. But the defense also made strides, and the defense played well down the stretch. And so I think you can kind of build on that, saying, hey, the defense really stunk it up the first two weeks this year, but they're starting to play better. If we can get the defense to keep playing better, you're going to have chances down the stretch here to win some games. Now it's a matter of finding out you know, can the offense develop some some rhythm, some continuity to give you an opportunity to win some games. 
and then you can be competitive. And as long as you're competitive going into games, kind of to Jason's point, you guys get up for that. It's one thing if you're going in knowing you're going to get boat raced. But if you go in knowing, hey, I've got a chance to win this game, that's what we all play for. Uh, and I think that makes it a little bit easier. Greg Barnes with the Buck Sanders boat race and also the golf analogy. Anal- <laughs> yeah, that word. It's been that kind of week already. Um, <laughs> I tell you what I do, Greg, when I go triple bogey, triple bogey, I just start drinking more. And, um, you're the, you're the pro there. You can go triple bogey, triple bogey and still turn par on the round. Jason, let's, let's look at Carolina's approach. Let's go ahead and dig into Carolina's approach going into this game. They've talked about simplifying and paring down the offense. So put yourself in the coordinator's shoes and seeing what you've seen thus far with this team, how do you pare it down and still have success when, quite frankly, doing the basics have been a struggle at times for North Carolina? Well, the first place to start is doing the basics better. I mean, it's as simple as that. If you if you execute the basics and you do things as they're called, then you start to have more success. So. And the main thing is if you aren't having success with the basics, then you do need to pare down until you have success with the basics and you can do your your bread and butter well. It's only once you can do the stuff that you do well that you start to expand. And so so that's what you have to do. You just have to do the stuff that you haven't done well better. So how, so Jason, how basic can you get on this level and have success? I mean, how simple can you be and have success if you're not named, you know, Alabama or Clemson? How realistic is it to be as simple as possible and be successful for North Carolina? Well, I mean, again, football is not – football doesn't have to be that complex to have success. Football is about – number. It's more often than not, it's about arithmetic in terms of scheme. You can simplify this game to where it's just straight arithmetic. Okay, they have three there. We have two there, but they've got two there and we have three there. So we're going to go to where we have the numbers advantage. Find ways to get a numbers advantage. That's one of the reasons having a quarterback who can threaten a defense with his legs really helps. And then beyond that, it's it's just executing the fundamentals. And you know, you can see that with different teams that in in a given year, a team that hasn't been great, hasn't been competitive with the top teams all of a sudden steps up and does that does compete with with top teams because they've built toward that year they've got a really unusually healthy year or more experienced in a given year all that stuff happens and you know North Carolina had one of those seasons a couple years ago and the difference is that the Clemson's the Florida States the Alabama's the uh, the blue blood programs that get the blue chip recruits those programs can do it more often closer to year in year out because they can they can handle losing a player losing a couple players to injury and plug and play a little bit more they, they, there's there's more there's more redundancies in their systems if that make if if that analogy makes sense that basically those programs have redundancies where a program like North Carolina doesn't have the depth in all sorts of different respects to be able to handle if something goes wrong. And that's true in the course of a game. That's true in, in terms of injuries. That's true in, in 
in a lot of other ways. It's just more things have to be done right and perfectly. And there has to be, you may have to get a break or two in terms of injuries and that sort of thing to, to do it. Jason, in talking with, with Chris Kapilvic this week, he said in terms of the offense being pared down, he would guesstimate that about they're at about 60% workload, which he said, yes, it sounds like a lot, but it's really not as bad. The issue is, I kind of pressed him on this, is that you, in order for this offense to be efficient and methodically work down the field, you have to cut out all those miscues. And so you're relying on that unit to be perfect or close to it on five, six, seven, eight plays in a row. And that's asking a lot out of this group because they haven't done that. On the flip side, you say, well, okay, just have a lot of explosive plays. And Cap said, well, you got to have the guys to do it. And so they're lacking so many bodies, especially at wide receiver, they don't necessarily have people that can make some explosive plays. We know Anthony Ratliff-Williams is one of them. So what, what is the answer? Is it really just a balancing act of trying to combine the two, even though it's completely pared down and it's, it's kind of a neutered effect? Or are we talking about changing some things up, more trickeration, that type of stuff, or is that too risky? I don't think you really you want to go to too much trickeration. I mean, first of all, you have to spend time repping a lot of that stuff. You know, you, you want to have some some of those things. You want to have some wrinkles that, that you can that you can throw at teams. And, and if you can find some place where you can get two or three shot plays where you, you think you might be able to get a get a big play or get a score, or flip a field or something like that, you gotta have those planned into games. And maybe you have to have an extra one or two when you can't just rely on being able to bully a team. But the bottom line is you still have to be able to execute your base stuff or you're not going to win. When we come back from the break, we'll talk more about North Carolina's approach, this side on the defensive side of the ball. But we'll be right back after these messages. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Jason, let me ask you this. Carolina's approach to Georgia Tech is clearly going to be different, but like we talked about earlier in the week, I thought they looked good in the first half until they wore down. How do you see them going up against a Notre Dame team that's going to be a power running team, but it can also do other things? I mean, how does Carolina and Papuchas and Fedora and his staff prepare for this Notre Dame team maybe differently than they prepared for Georgia Tech? I don't know that you really that you really prepare all that differently. This team they still do a lot of the same stuff that, that Georgia Tech does. And, and again, if I'm coaching at UNC right now, my message is it's about us, not about them. 
but you're still preparing largely the same the same way and and you know on each side of the ball i mean they do a lot of the same a lot of similar stuff to what what georgia tech did even though they do it out of the shotgun with Wimbush at quarterback they're doing a lot of the same types of quarterback run stuff you have to be gap disciplined you have to do that yeah schematically you're going to come out and show some different fronts and all that but again it, you you're preparing pretty similarly at this stage for the next game it, it, and and you're trying to fix the stuff that has that in terms of execution in terms of learning and all that and getting guys used to a new position where they where they hadn't pre- played before that you know two guys went down and now they've got to play that position that that's where the the real changes have to have to happen when looking at this offense Jason, it seems as though while they do have, you know, Kelly's traditional passing game involved, they've really just relied on Wimbush to run the ball. And so there is that similarity to kind of what Georgia Tech likes to do in terms of abundance of run plays. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that he has struggled throwing the ball to the extent that he has, is, is that something where North Carolina can, can take a similar approach to Georgia Tech, know that they executed fairly well in that game, even though it is a little bit different style, uh, and really try to focus on on making him beat him with his arm as opposed to that backfield being able to run like they've done all year long. Do you think Carolina sails out to yes. st- stop Notre Dame's and just discuss that approach there? Because I think this is a game you leave your corners on an island. Yeah, and- you have to. Now, you're, you're, the thing is you're going to lose a lot of battles to them with your corners on an island. You have to respect – equanimous uh saint brown saint brown is a really good wide receiver and he's gonna get his if you go on an island but honestly i'd rather take my chances with a guy like saint brown and with uh wimbush as a passer right now where you look at wimbush on the year he's 52 percent, and his rating is only 114 he's not been dominant as a passer but danged if he hasn't been running the ball like crazy averaging almost six yards a carry. So I am selling out hard against the, against the run. And if, I, if you beat me over the top, then tip the cap next, play, ne, you know, next game. But I, that is one thing I am definitely doing. Let's turn towards our prediction segment. It gets tougher and tougher, or maybe it gets easier and easier as the season goes when it plays out like one like this. But Jason, I've started with Greg a couple times. I'm going to start with you this time. Give me a prediction and, and how this game shakes out, in your opinion. I think Notre Dame's going to be able to run the football despite uh, UNC loading up to stop it. I think they've got enough playmakers on the outside to make Carolina pay in a few cases when Carolina does load up. So I don't think it's going to go. I think they're, as Buck said in uh, his uh, his column this week, I think it's it's not the best matchup for for UNC's defense, particularly in its current state with with some of the injuries. You know, I'm going to, uh, again, I think that Notre Dame defense is pretty good as well. You know, they're also especially good against the run against a very good Georgia team. They only gave up four four point three yards per per rush. I think they're gonna they're gonna be able to limit the running game to a degree, and Carolina is gonna have to be able to throw the football well to beat them. So I think that's a bad recipe. If I have to put a score on it, I'm gonna go with uh, Notre Dame winning this game, something like say thirty seven to seventeen. Greg, you're up. You need to give me some different numbers, but go for it. Yeah, I, I agree with Jace. I, I think it's a bad matchup. I think Notre Dame, their ability to run the ball and their defense, I mean, they're one of the top teams in the country in scoring defense for a reason. They just have a lot of athletes all over the field. 
I think this is going to be a tough game for North Carolina if they're healthy. They are not healthy. So I think this is one that can get out of hand. I've got Notre Dame winning 38-14. I've looked at this one. Certainly, game has some memory factor for me watching it. It's a game that I think North Carolina, if everything was perfect, could somehow manage to win it. But I just don't see it. Football never happens like you think. And I'm going to go like you guys have gone. I'm going to say Notre Dame 41, Carolina 14. I just don't think they can put the points on the board. I was surprised that Carolina scored so much against Louisville. I just don't see it happen against Notre Dame. So 41-14 Notre Dame. That makes the trifecta for us. Guys, it's been good to talk to you. It'll be good to hear from you on Saturday at WCHL Tailgate Show. But that'll do it for this edition. Take care, boys. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.